morning, Edgar. Good morning, Evelyn. These are for you. Oh, they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. What's the occasion? It's Tuesday. Is it a special Tuesday? It is now. Agreed. Oh, and these are for you too. <gasps> Chocolate. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Half the chocolate's missing. That's why it was on sale. <laughs> Edgar, I know you. You never buy anything on sale. These, you ate this chocolate. I stand falsely accused. <sighs> it doesn't matter. These, it was very romantic of you to get these things for me today. Speaking of romance, guess what they're talking about at Love You this week? I don't know. Nope. What? Care to guess again? I didn't guess. I just said I don't know. I'll give you a hint then. Okay. It's three letters, and it ends with an X. But if it ended with a Y, it would spell yes backwards. <laughs> talking about? It's written right here in black and white. <gasps> At church? Apparently so. What is the world coming to? I know. Kids these days. Oh, my. Well, I guess they might as well talk about it at church. They talk about it everywhere else. <laughs> you got that right. Do you remember having the talk when you were growing up? Never forget it. My dad took me to the store to get some ice cream. He said we had something really important we needed to talk about. And how did it go? He was so nervous and serious, I thought something terrible had happened. He kept buying more ice cream. We must have, <laughs> we must have eaten about three Sundays that evening. And was he finally able to tell you what you needed to know? Through bites, we got through the basics. The rest I kind of figured out as I went. How about you? I never really had the talk. But when my mom was pregnant with my youngest sister, I had a lot of questions. So it just kind of happened naturally. Did your mom ever give you any dating advice? She told me to just be myself, not to pretend to be someone I wasn't just to impress a boy. <laughs> I once pretended to be an only child so my sisters would stay out of my business. <laughs> and how did that go? Uh, not so well. Mm. Her mom knew my mom. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> But I always tried to be honest with you. Except for meatloaf. I said I tried. <laughs> what about dating advice? Oh, my parents told me to put up fences and lock the gate. That was dating advice? Mm-hmm. The fences were those physical boundaries I had to set up for myself for the dating relationship. And once they were up, I was supposed to lock the gate so I couldn't get out. I'm glad we talked about, I was, I was really shy when we first started dating, but I, I'm glad we talked about those things so early in our relationship. Mm -hmm. Made things a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad gave me a key on our wedding day to symbolize the unlocking of the gates. <laughs> Do you still have it? Heck no, I unlocked the gate and threw away the key. Really? No, I still have it. 
It's here on my keyring. Oh, Edgar. <laughs> Thank you, Edgar and Evelyn. Whew, that was good stuff. That's worth the price of admission right there, isn't it? It's going to be one more fun one next week as well. We're excited about that. Grateful for them. Hey, welcome to Love You Guys. How you doing? Good? Hey, you know, this is impressive that on a beautiful night like tonight you're here. Um, so thank you for coming and making your way here. Uh, I feel like Albrecht's and Zimmerman table, we've got a little something between us. We care about you. See you there over there. All right. Um, oh, there we go. We're gonna we're gonna fix that. You need help, Joel? Or you? There we go. All right. Um, you guys, get out this afternoon. Go outside. Run around a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Good stuff. We did too. Um, enjoyed it, and now we're we're here to go. Um, hey, we have a fun topic tonight, right? There we go. There's the enthusiasm we're looking at. <laughs> to lead into this, I want to tell you what happened yesterday, but promise not to tell my kids, okay? But that sounded really funny, didn't it? Okay, that's not... <laughs> Let me start over. Let me tell you about my kids, but don't tell them that I told you about them. That's what I, that's what I mean. So I walk into... Um, this is really fine. Okay, this is like G-rated, just so you know. Um, what were we doing? I walked into, it was like, whatever. During my son's party with like nine crazy eight-year-old boys, which was mass chaos. And um, I walked into to Liana's room, um, and Jen was kind of in there. And, uh, she, and Liana was in there with Gabe. Okay, so we have a, a Gabe parent set over there. Um, and... <laughs> Jen was saying something, I forget what. I just went over and I gave Jen a hug and then I gave her a kiss and, and Liana's like, ew, ew. And then she's like, play dead, Gabe, play dead. <laughs> <laughs> and so they did. They laid on the floor, you know, because maybe we'll stop if they, you know, if we think they're dead. Like, play dead, okay? So there's all kinds of responses people have, right, to our topic tonight, okay? Yeah, that, and if that's all it takes to get our kids to calm down, let's do that. That would be fine, okay? So anyway, so hey, this is a fun topic tonight, um, and, and good at a variety of levels, I think. Um, and there's all kinds of ways that we approach this, this issue of sex and intimacy. Um, and I, I am um, I'm encouraged. I, I enjoy the conversation about this because I think that essentially um, our culture by and large has kind of hijacked this category and, and taken what God has created and kind of perverted it in such a way that it becomes difficult sometimes to know how to talk through this in ways that are healthy, good, and, and quite righteous and holy and, 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 and good. So I, I look forward to the conversation um, because of how I see the world, how I see um, God creating us and making us man and, and woman. Um, so the reality is God is not surprised by any of, of our conversation tonight. He's not surprised by all of a sudden that a guy is attracted to a girl or vice versa and that there's a desire for physical intimacy. It's not like he's like, I had no idea they would do that. Like, where, where did that come from? So this is all kind of a part of the thing. 
Um, now, that being said, that there are some who have different backgrounds on this topic of sex and intimacy. So we go all the way back to um, Queen Victoria, and there's been sometimes kind of a, a Victorian uh, overtone to our um, our conversations about this. And if we could go around the room and ask everyone, whoo here we go. Someone just won something on Candy Crush, I think. I don't know what that... Okay, if we could go around the room and ask people what your background was and what your... Um, what your parents said to you about the topic of sex and intimacy. Um, some of you would be like, man, we didn't have any conversation. Like, it just wasn't a part of our conversation. And if you grew up with Queen Victoria as your mom, which is, okay, none of us, then here's what she said one time to her daughter. She said, um, the animal life, the animal side of our nature is, to me, too dreadful. <laughs> too dreadful to talk about. And that whole Victorian mindset has sometimes just kind of played right over, particularly into more conservative um, Christian homes. There's been a lack of awareness or ability or comfort, and I understand the difficulty with that, of talking to children about this topic. But it has sometimes created within the Christian culture, and you don't need me to tell you this, you've already experienced that, this kind of weirdness okay, about the conversation and kind of a Victorian hands-off, almost asceticism about this issue. And that, to me, isn't very, very healthy. So here's how I see it, and I just want to say this, and then we'll, we'll go. But I see um, <clears throat> marriage, if we think about the Ephesians 5 passage that we talked about earlier, about um, um, men and women, men uh, leading and serving the home, and women um, respecting, honoring, honoring the husband, um, what Paul says at the end of that, in Ephesians 5, really 30 to 33, is he talks about, he said, this is a great mystery, but I'm speaking about Christ in the church. And in talking about that, what he does is he sets up the marriage as this um, parallel okay, to how Christ loves the lost and, and the saved, but how Christ loves the church. In other words, as, as people look at, and here's what we tell people all the time, and what we know is true, as people look at my marriage with Jen, what they should see is, and this is really hard to process, but they should see a working model of how Christ loves the church and how he loves people. And so, with that being said, the question is, how much does Christ love me? How much, how far reaching is God's love? And so, the, the act of physical intimacy, now this, this might blow some of your categories and some of you might think this is kind of gross, but here's the theological truth that I think is, is here. That the, the, the act of physical intimacy on this side of eternity is our best image of how intimately God wants to love us. That the act of physical intimacy is the best image that we have on this side of eternity of how much God wants to get into us and know us and see us and have us be a part of a relationship with him. That that it is not like, okay, I'm, I'm good with the marriage ceremony and like go off over there and like surprise me and then come back as long as you come to church and smile and whatever, have all your clothes on, we're in good shape, okay? God has created us and made us and the reality is this act of physical intimacy to me is God's gift to us to remind us and show us, <laughs> I love you so much and when you're, you're with your spouse in that special moment of physical intimacy, it is a reminder even to you and, and to, to men, to women, that there is a God who loves you and wants to know you in a way that goes even beyond that level of intimacy, joy, and life that we have. So to me, <clears throat> that is where that lands. Uh, if you care about that, just want to know for the fun of it, um, actually Pope John Paul II 
I know we don't often quote Catholic guys here, but for what it's worth, he had a, a whole book he wrote about that called The Theology of the Body. And you think of all the people to write about sex and intimacy, you wouldn't really peg Pope John Paul, right, as the guy to do that. <laughs> but he did. Uh, he did, and very clearly laid out something very similar to what I said there, talking about the theology of the body mm-hmm. that we, we have. That this is the conversation around sex and intimacy is wholly appropriate, right, and good to have um, in the context of understanding how God has made us and created us. So I enjoy the topic. I kind of enjoy, if you will, pulling it back um, into a healthy dialogue related to church and and how we see um, our God and our Savior. Okay, so with that being said, um, I'm looking forward to the conversation tonight. Uh, I'm looking forward to to um, having interactions with you. And what we have, Joel, I'm just going to talk about the note cards around the table and then okay, kind of yeah, let go you ahead. go. Go ahead, that's good. Um, let you go into the next section. But around your table, <clears throat> here's how we want to do it tonight. Um, we have um, some content we want to kind of walk through with you. But we also have note cards around your table. And and, and everybody should have a, uh, a, whatever these things are called. Paper? A handout, yeah. It, it, it would be helpful if they, everybody had a handout as well, so. There you go. <coughs> oh, thought that would create some movements. <laughs> <laughs> While they're up and, and going, here's a good time for me to tell you what we'd like to do with those note cards. We would like everybody, that means everybody, so, oh, while, people, while you're up with the handouts, if you want to grab pens for your table, there's some pens, I think, on that, plenty. On that table. So if, you do, if people at your table don't have a pen, mm-hmm. a pen is something they used to make before they made smartphones. Pens have ink in them. And what we'd ask everybody to do is we'd like everybody to write something on that card either a comment or a question that they have related to our topic tonight. And what we're going to do is at the break, we are going to collect all of those questions and essentially as quickly as we can during break, while you guys are eating, filter through those and just dialogue with you on the, on the second half of tonight's sessions with your questions or comments related to the topic of sex and intimacy. So if you've kind of always wondered, I wonder about this, I wonder about that, and I've heard this and I've heard that, and there's this problem or that problem, or you know, here's something I learned, I think you guys should talk about that, whatever. But we're asking everybody, if you can, everybody to write something um, in the next, probably the next 15, 20 minutes before we go to break um, so that we can have that um, for discussion, okay? So that's that, all right. I, I just would like to echo what uh, what Tim was saying about the beauty of how God designed the the sexual relationship between the man, the man and the woman. This leads us into where 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 we're going. But um, <clears throat> in Genesis chapter two, when we have the detail of the perfect conditions in which Adam and Eve were created, and then <clears throat> I want you to notice if if you have a Bible, it's it's uh, Genesis chapter two. Beginning with, uh, with verse 22, uh, it says, Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of man, and he brought her to the man. And then the man goes, Wow, this is it. And then we have the first wedding ceremony that's celebrated in, in verse 24. For this reason, a man will leave his father, his mother, be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. And the very next verse says, The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. So perfect union designed by God and, and, and God brought Adam and Eve together as a model for what, <clears throat> what Paul is talking about 
is how much and how deep God loves us and what he desires, the intimacy that he desires for us to have. And we've talked about uh, the passages in Ephesians chapter 5, but Paul writes to us, and take your Bibles to, uh, and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. <coughs> I mean, yeah, excuse me, 1 Corinthians First yeah. Corinthians chapter seven, uh, Paul is addressing specifically some issues in in marriage, and so uh, tonight we just want to share some principles uh, from First uh, Corinthians chapter seven regarding uh, re- regarding intimacy. And the first principle that we have is the principle of need. I want you to notice in First Corinthians chapter seven, beginning with verse two, it says, "But since there is so uh, there is so much immorality, each man should have his own wife; each woman have her own husband. The the husband I'm having a hard time. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise the wife to her husband." And the principle uh, right here is, is, is pretty simple, is that the husband and the wife, they both need the blessing and protection of sex within the bonds of marriage. And, and this principle of, of blessing each other and the protection that comes as a result of that is, uh, is not just holy, uh, Certainly, because this is this is from God. It's it's not the, this principle of need is not just holy. The husband and wife have actual physical needs that need to be met, and God designed it in such a way that the two when when two come uh, come together, you're meeting each other's physical needs. And so, this uh, the the first principle may sound like oh no duh, <laughs> of course, but it's essential. Because the way that God designed us for relationship, not just for relationship with each other, oh, you know, hey, let's be best friends. That's, that's really, really cool. But he, died, he, he designed it for something that has much more depth, uh, much more depth to it. Obviously, you know, there, there's a lot of other ramifications just for uh, having sexual relations. But the principle of, of need, the blessing that comes as a result of it, the protection that comes of, of, uh, as, a, as a result of that, those two, those two things, blessing and protection, surrounded by need. Uh, Paul's addressing issues in a church where uh, there's sexual immorality that's going on. And, and um, when husbands and wives are intimate with each other, there is this trust that is formed. There is this bond that is formed. There is, um, uh, there is a protection uh, in there. Angel and I, um, anytime... <laughs> We we are human. <laughs> let me let me let me say it that way. We're we're both human, and we recognize when people are attractive, and so we're attracted to people. We we notice that. I'm I'm not you know blind. I don't put blinders on. I mean I I see people, and the quickest way that I can um, how do we say this? How do, how do we how do we, we we talk to people about this? The quickest way that I can keep uh, keep myself and my need. For sexual fulfillment, true to my wife, is to discuss that whenever, whenever that that type of thing enters into into the into the picture. And if I tell her that somebody makes me nervous, that's how somebody makes me makes me kind of nervous. When I tell her that, 
immediately my heart is bonded with her and, I, and then we, we fulfill each other's needs and, and we come together and that is that bonding that's pro- the protection that comes within the sexual relationship that protects not just the sexual relationship but the, the, the marriage covenant. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing that we've seen over the years between each of us. So the first principle... I mean, that, that was something that our, our, our pastor, his dad talk to us about and both both our parents talk to us about that giving each other the freedom to say you know what this this person you know and it, it could be just an uncomfortable feeling or, or you know something like that it doesn't have to be oh I, you know I think this person is hot or anything like that I don't think that ever has come up <laughs> but, but I mean it, it totally totally I mean you know and there but in in the 23 years that we've we've had that conversation maybe four or five times it diffuses it it absolutely diffuses it then we're on the same team you know um, Joel has always been very very careful about making sure that he's not in the wrong place at the wrong time I'm always you know that kind of a thing but there are occasions when, when life happens and when I know that his primary protection for me is, you know, is our relationship, then, then, then we've given each other that freedom to not know. I mean, I know he's not dead. He knows I'm not dead. I mean, we, we see things. We come into personalities. You know, those kinds of things can come into relationships. And so, yeah, that, that's a diffusing <coughs> button. That's good. Um, that whole issue of trust and, and conversation um, kind of rolls into our next point, although it would be fun. You just breeze by that real quick, Angela, about how your fathers are counseling you through this in your premarital counseling. Yeah. I bet yeah. that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Good, moving on, I guess, yeah. huh? All right. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe there'll be some questions that will come about that. You never know. I mean... Um, they were very open, let's just say that. <laughs> And we're still scarred from that time. All right. <laughs> yeah, the depravity. <laughs> All right. Uh, staying in First Corinthians seven, um, I, I have the New Living Translation in front of me right now, uh, and I'm looking at um, beginning at verse four, uh, and, and it uses language that the NIV doesn't, but the principle is still the same. It's a principle, the principle of authority. Okay, that, that's a strong word, but we want to talk about that for a minute. Um, the wife. Verse 4, gives authority over her body to her husband. And the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Now, do not deprive each other of sexual relations, verse 5, unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan will be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Say it as a concession, not as a command. Um, so... This concept of the principle of authority is uh, biblical, but hard sometimes to wrap our minds around because it's not the principle of abuse. In other words, it's not meant to be, woman, you owe this to me. And is there a conversation? Excuse me, because let's go to 1 Corinthians 7. You've given up authority over your body to me. That, that's a principle of abuse. It's not what we're talking about here at all but the principle of authority is this truth basically the idea of how do we coming back to the idea of how do we outdo one another in honor so in other words my body's authority or my right to my body has been given over to my wife and and my wife to me and so it's this recognition of my my um, 
desires are no longer just mine, if that makes any sense. Like, um, I may not be in any kind of mood to care at this moment, but you know what? I don't care if that's I'm in the mood or not to care because there's an authority issue here. If I need to um, to be understanding of my wife and her needs, that's where I need to go, and, and vice versa. So it's a matter of service to one another, and it's also, I think, if we're honest, it's a matter of growing trust with one another, mm-hmm. um, which is which is true and hard um, of how we grow in trust to handle to. It is hard to give over authority of your body to someone else and trust them with that. That's a big ask um, to just say, sure, I'm yours. Because you need to know, if you're honest, you need to know you're not going to be used and and run over in that kind of situation. Uh, It's a big ask that that Paul lays out here. Um, But it is consistent with kind of other-centered living. Um, Part of the idea, again, is when it comes to arguments within the marriage relationship, uh, one of the things we want to obviously avoid, and many of you know this, some of you may not have heard it this way, but <laughs> you don't want to withhold yourself from your spouse as a manipulative tool mm-hmm. to say, yeah, until we work this out, sorry, go to the couch. All right, we'll see you. We'll see you later. Um, and oftentimes, we don't even need to use those words, but the message is sent without the words. Like, I'm off limits until we get this resolved and it's that's a hard reality but paul comes back to that here in first corinthians 7 and says okay and this is a question really how far out do we push this issue of authority if we push this out pretty far um it requires just a boatload of trust in the other person doesn't it to say i need to really grow in my trust and confidence in my wife and and she needs to grow in her trust and confidence in me and i need to demonstrate that when you give me a little bit i handle that well because I love you well. Because, again, we have to match 1 Corinthians 7 with Ephesians 5. <clears throat> so if you're going to do 1 Corinthians 7 and give up authority over your body, you've got to connect that to Ephesians 5. Because the loving husband doesn't abuse that authority, but serves and loves his wife above everything else. And and the 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 loving wife doesn't just abuse the husband in that regard, but she respects and is after his best. And so it's kind of this, how do I outdo one another with honor? And yet, and yet... Our bodies are, are not our own, not only in salvation, not only have we been bought with a price in First Corinthians, that's true, but also in this case, in terms of a physical relationship with someone else, this is tough but true, our bodies are no longer our own, and so we have to grow in this, this trust um, with the other person. Yeah, did you want to say anything? Yeah. I, I think that um, that ties in beautifully with the Ephesians 5 chapter about submitting to each other. You know, first and first and foremost, before, you know, the, the wife is called to submit and the husband's called to love like, like Christ, there is that mutual submission uh, that, uh, that, that Paul alludes to there. So that, that ties that in. And, and the, the third principle we have here is the principle of habit. Um, and and it's, uh, it's very similar to what, what Tim was uh, alluding to about, you know, uh, the off-limits thing. Uh, beginning with verse 5, it says this. It says, do not deprive each other <clears throat> except by mutual consent. Okay, we've come to an agreement. Okay. Uh, we're, we're, take, we're taking a break here for, you know, for, for the reason of fasting, I guess, of, uh, you know, that's what it says here. And for a, a time, so you may devote yourselves to prayer. It then come together, and and it doesn't stop there. It says, then come together uh, again, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self control. And so this this 
principle of habit, of a regular habit of being intimate with each other. Um, and that intimacy um, that we're talking, you know, obviously we're talking about the bed, but apart from the bed, that intimacy that we have with our, uh, with our, our spouse in conversation, when we're out in public, uh, there are moments of intimacy that we can have between each other that my wife can have right here in front of all of you. And, and um, and you wouldn't even you wouldn't even know it, but there's a connection that if if we're staying t- connected together, there is intimacy that we can share with each other. Now, obviously, Paul is specific, Paul is talking about the bed here, about coming together and not allowing um, not allowing um, hab- habitual relations to be broken, and then as a result one of the one, either one of the spouses loses self-control and is you know uh, uh, is is drawn away and so that principle of submitting to each other of, of being close to each other is a protect back to the point that is is for protection and uh, the 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 habitual act of love making with your wife is uh, a, a beautiful protection for your marriage, but not just that. It is a, a deep, deep, um, regular occurring, coming together that you can't find anywhere else. I, I, you, you just, you, you can't find that, that, that any, anywhere else in God's design. And in God's design, and that has been broken so many times, and so that has been broken uh, by either husbands or wives for whatever reason, whenever we get out of that, that kind of habit, somebody's going to go looking for something somewhere else. And so there's this... Per- and it also drives us to have that, the outside of the bedroom. I mean, it, it drives us to constantly be thinking in terms of our, 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 our mate's best. Um, you cannot have none of those things happen before and then expect that all to be glorious at that point because that's what intimacy is. Intimacy is the moments that are leading up to that and, and that's something that's very, very important to the habit of this is that if you don't stay in the habit of loving well outside of that, then it will be very difficult to have the habit of of that in the room, um, then it just becomes a rut, not a habit, <laughs> and a rut is not good. And and that's why and that's why Paul is counseling. It's God Himself through Paul is counseling. Hey, get in the habit. You know, a regular uh, a regular habit. Don't don't break that. That's good. Do you want to add anything to? No. Okay. All right. Um, very good. Hey, keep writing questions if you're coming up along the way. Just a reminder to that. Um, Grab the remote there. Thank you. All right. Now, let's talk a little bit more about some nuts and bolts without being um, too awkward here, right? I think we can handle that. Here we go. Three aspects of sex. Stable all right over there? You guys want a microphone, or are you going to keep it down there? Okay. All right. Um, three, three, three. We're all curious. Just write the question. Write the comment down. We'll get it, we'll get it later on. Woo, yeah. All right. <laughs> 
Here, here's what we say. Um, well, first of all, Angela, I, I appreciate the way you put that there, and I think um, those who've been married kind of feel that and know that. Those who are kind of getting married or just starting or single yet will get to that point of realizing that uh, how many hours are there in a week? 168, 100 and whatever, 27, 7,000. All right, so someone's going to figure that out because you're detailed enough and you care, but okay, the point is there's a lot of hours in the week, and of all those hours in the week, the majority of them are not spent in the bedroom. Okay, so the, the point is, at least I think that, yeah. So in other words, it's all that stuff outside that leads up to those special moments together, and that's exactly right. We can't just think, hey, man, you know, whatever, who cares about the rest of the world? Um, let's just go and, and, you know, be together, and, and who cares how I'm handling you? Who cares how I come home? Who cares whether I serve you, care about you? And, and that being said, there's, I want to talk about this for a minute. There's three aspects of sex. When we talk about that, um, the reason we bring this up is for those who, who have ever wrestled with and fought through some moments of difficulty when it comes to relating to one another, which is, if you've lived long enough, everybody, okay, then the reality is we think not just of, of sex being a problem in terms of the general category of sex, but underneath that, there's, I think, some helpful ways to think through that. And so the first category you might want to think through is this, I'm going to put them out here like this so we can see them, okay, is desire, whoa, hold the phones, Ben, okay, whoa, baby, desire, excitement, orgasm as our three aspects of sex. So if you break it down that way, think about where some troubles that sometimes come, where the, where, where is, um, where are we getting off track or where do we maybe need to work a little bit um, at the level of desire. And you, you guys know how this works. I mean, desire starts on sometimes the first date, like you just want to hold her hand or his hand or whatever, you know, and it, it just leads down that path. Desire and excitement. Here we go. Yep, Joel. All right. Well, you got a microphone. We'll let you share in a minute. All right. And and then orgasm is kind of that. What's up? Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, Derek. Let's turn his mic off. All right. All right. Um, so here's the thing. Now, at every level, and here's the the line that came up that went away. But at every level, there's inhibitors or sometimes problems that come at every level. Um, along the way. So in other words, it's not just oh, we're having a problem in our sex life. Well, what should we do? I don't know. You know, maybe I'll wash the dishes more and she'll like me more. Or maybe I'll brush my teeth and that's a good plan, you know. <laughs> okay. But, you know, what what do we do? And it's helpful to think through these. Like, you think about desire um, and, and now kind of going into your heart and mind and attitudes. Like, if there's fear Fear of what? What will this be like? Like, if we start down this line, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what's going to happen in the bedroom, and, and, and I'm afraid. If there's hostility in your relationship, uh, there's anger. There's there's unresolved conflict. There's no desire. So I mean, you, you may have the act of lovemaking down like a champ, but if you're in conflict, like, forget it. So the desire isn't there. So if there's fear and hostility, we have an inhibitor or a problem at the desire level. At the excitement level, I mean, <laughs> if there's any kind of sexual anxiety, um, here's where the problem will show up. Any kind of anxiety about, man, that I'm afraid, um, whatever, like this, this is going to be painful, okay? This is going to be um, painful at a personal level. Like I, I'm, I'm concerned how I look or who, or who I am. I don't know if I can trust my my spouse for this thing, or at a physical level, you know, this this may be a problem, uh, painful issue. So any kind of sexual anxiety is going to kind of kill that 
that excitement level, as well as, I'll say as well, as atmospheric issues, which I think you guys can understand. In other words, we always tell couples, don't go camping for your honeymoon, okay? I mean, that, that, <laughs> now, some of you may have done tent camping, but just don't say that now, okay, because I just, just said that. But in other words, you want to have the right environment, okay? I mean, it, it, which is why you want to have a, <laughs> no comment over here, all right? Which is why you want to have a lock in your bedroom door, okay? And you want to have, you have to be able to have this trust that this works, um, okay? So, and then finally at orgasm, at orgasm difficulties there, I mean, any kind of excessive self-consciousness where you're, you're, you're so self-conscious, you're so aware of yourself and you're so fearful of, of allowing yourself to be known by somebody else, it can really, um, really cause a, a problem at this level, be a major inhibitor um, to the final step of orgasm. So we think about this at every level, desire, excitement, orgasm, there can be inhibitors that come into play. And they're not, they're not just like, go take a shower and smell better, but it's also like, who, who am I, okay? And, and how much trust am I giving to the person that I'm, I'm in this kind of relationship with, to, to my spouse? So we want to talk about that and, and carry the discussion of inhibitors a little bit. A little bit further. Yeah, <laughs> don't go to Jamaica on uh, no, on your. No, no. Just don't go to the place we went. To. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All of Jamaica is bad. No, no, no. <laughs> Other people had wonderful time that week. Oh, we don't even have, we don't we even don't have time. time. No, there are questions. I, don't, I need a note card. I want to write some questions. I got a lot of questions already. It's a funny story. Now, I'll tell you. 23 yeah. later, 23 years later, it's a funny story. Um, hey, my my point is is, is that you know the, the sexual relationship can get better. Um, and uh, so anyway, just. Flashbacks to uh, you know we we can talk about that later. Yes, <laughs> but uh, um, the a, a, as as you get to know uh, each other, and there is trust, and 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 as Tim was talking about the the idea of of completely opening yourself up to someone else, to be fully known, you know, not just not just naked, to be fully known by. Um, by by your by your your best friend, the one that God gave you, you know, this is holy stuff that 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 we're talking about. To be fully known uh, by that person, it can't it it can, it can only get better, and it has only gotten better. And and the test the testimony from those that have been married much longer than I than than we have been married. You know, talking to, to Angela's folks, to, to my folks. You know, my my folks were married 65 years, and good night. Um, the, and there was the, still too much information at the end. The <laughs> the, uh, the level the level of intimacy that they shared, or, or that you know that her parents give us too much information a lot. Um, but it, it it is it is an it is an incredible thing to watch them love each other to watch them be intimate with each other to um to see them model that beautiful love of christ uh to to each other it's 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 absolutely amazing so the, it 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 gets better but it gets better as you continue to be vulnerable with each with each other to be honest with each other to be open with each other and and there's uh, many things that come in that can come in and uh, 
uh, hinder that intimacy. I have a list on the back of uh, on the back of your sheet there uh, about a bunch of these, and I can't tell. Angie and I could sit here for a couple of days and go through and tell you story after story about people that we've had the the, the opportunity to sit down and talk with that have allowed what what you would think initially would be a small thing an absence of trust you know um, an absence of trust or selfishness or this con- continual pounding of criticism that's over and over and over again and how those small you know seemingly small things absolutely destroy not just the intimacy but destroy people destroy relationships. And so as you look at the list that we have here, harbored, <laughs> harbored resentment, insensitivity to mates, desires and feelings, and lack of expressed appreciation, that's why it is so important for us to learn the way that our mates give love and receive love. All of that, you know, the, the, you know, the cute book, you know, Chapman and all his five love languages, you know, and that, that's a cute thing that we can study. No, that really genuinely is a doorway to understanding, a doorway to intimacy, a doorway to greater fulfillment in the way that you, you're intimate with, uh, with, your, with your spouse. And so as I learn over the years how to, to more and more <laughs> understand you know, this, this thing that God has given to me, this, this person, this, person, this wonderful thing, okay? Yeah. That's, it's not a bad it's not a bad thing as, as, as I see that wasn't bad go. <laughs> I, I lost my rabbit there it was, I was waxing eloquent as you, there as you learn to know me yes, as I've learned to, to, you know, to, to know you and to, to, to understand in a way the doorway to her heart the doorway to her mind and, and as I as I seek to continually go through those doorways and explore more and more what it means for her to feel safe, for her to, to, to have uh, trust in, 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 in me, that leads automatically, that leads to, to, to deeper and deeper intimacy. And so you, you can see how some, some simple things like this, you know, <laughs> failure to talk, hey, you know, <laughs> okay, it's time to go to bed. That's not going to work. You know, you, you could try and play the card. Hey, now, you know, you're supposed to submit to me, and it, it doesn't work that way. That's not God's design at all. And what we can do, we can get caught up with life, with things, and, you know, absolutely miss, miss out on each other. I loved watching my, my mom and dad um, model in front of me this, this art of touching each other throughout, throughout the day. You know, and just to see him give her a hug, give her a pat, give her a squeeze, give her a pinch, uh, those, kind of, those kind of things, you know, those things build up, not over, just, just over the day, but those, those are simple ways to express, hey, I'm actively uh, being sensitive, I'm actively trying to uh, be intimate with you, and a lack of those kinds of, uh, of simple, these are simple things, those lack of... Uh, uh, uh. Having those hindrances, having those hindrances. Also, there are going to be times in every marriage that 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 it may not be possible for the physical relationship to happen. 
Um, that, that just is a fact of life. And if we aren't well-rounded in the areas of building that intimacy, then those times become dangerous times. Um, we watched our parents go through times in their marriage over 65 years where there were, you know, there was a complete, uh, I mean, you know, long hospital stays, you know, different things that happen as a result of this. You know, there's pregnancies and things like that, that these things become impossible. And so if we are only making that connection, you know, a physical one, then we're not prepared um, when, when that's not a possibility to continue that intimate, um, intimate time. And that's, that's really important in, in, in over the years that we, that we keep that so strong um, with the words, with the, 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 the touches that, that aren't, aren't a sexual thing so that we're prepared to do um, what we need to do for each other. And, and the, the, last one, the last one here uh, is, is, is like red flag, you know, number eight. Uh, giving your intimacy to someone else. Sharing, sharing those, those moments, uh, those, you know, thoughts. You're having, having issues at home and uh, all of a sudden someone at the office, you know, a neighbor, a friend or something like that. Whenever we begin to substitute someone else in the relationship that's outside of what God has designed, it translates on every level to a, a lack of intimacy and, and fire alarm bells should be, should be absolutely going off. Whenever we find ourselves walking into and sharing intimate things with each other or, or, or details about, you know, or, or negative things about our partner, with someone else, don't go there. Don't go there because it not will. It will not only just translate to the bedroom, and to a lack of in- intimacy there, but where it takes you is you know, a, a wrecked life, a wrecked, a wrecked home, a wrecked marriage. And so, those are some 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 uh, some practical things that uh, that are real hindrances to, to intimacy. And uh, I, I love what Ed Wheat how Ed, Ed Wheat says that. Uh, a husband's love should be like a warm coat wrapped around wrapped around his wife, and I I, I just like that that imagery, um, particularly because Angela always is freezing and whatnot, and she's always you know pulling her feet up and covering up with a, with a blanket that kind of thing. But the point the point is is that uh, that yeah the absolute security of a warm coat, a husband's love surrounding her with intimate thoughts, words, and actions, giving yourself wholeheartedly to someone else. And um, that romantic atmosphere that you create can be created absolutely anywhere. And on that note. (laughs) And on that note. We are going to break for a snack in a minute. However, to earn your snack tonight... How funny that sounds! So awesome. Okay, and there's a there's a basket in the back that they okay. can put put their put the cards in. Good. So help us out here. Uh, we'd like everybody if you you can write a question or a comment. Um, take your time now before you run up to the line. Write something down before you grab food. Drop it in yonder basket where Lauren Zook just dropped his. Look at that responsible guy. First one in the basket. Way to go, Lauren. Role model. Yeah. Little clap for Lauren. Golf clap. Yeah, he's done now. He's completely done. Um, and then we'll we'll go grab some food. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, we're going to get rolling here, guys. Um, 
Hey, thank you very much for your questions, your comments um, in, in all this. We're going to start with reading some of the comments that we got. The first one was this card right here. Appreciate that one. That, that's um, it's like a, uh, yep, that was Brad Byler evidently who did that. Thank you, Brad. Another one wrote something on their card. I appreciate that. So that's a good start. All right. We're going to read through some of the comments, good comments, and then we're going to go to some questions, some really great questions here, by the way. Okay, um, here, here's a comment, just ticking them down. Um, this hits somebody that respecting each other makes intimacy easier. Agreed. Agreed. Well done. Okay. Um, okay, that's the same comment. Okay, um, shared time together is probably the best stimulant for intimacy in our relationship, even just talking in the evening. And I think it's so true. Just a little conversation, a little check-in. Great. Good stuff. Um, so I appreciate the discussions, good discussions there, okay. Um, these topics of discussion have been good, reminder and challenge me intentional in my relationships with the family and those around me. Good for that, all right. Um, the computer died. Comment here, women, um, men want to know that you are as interested in sex as they are. Chase your man down and surprise him sometimes. You will then, I think Brad Byler wrote this one. Okay. <laughs> You will then see him return back to you in love. Most men receive love through physical touch, so being deprived of sex will push him away. Men get a shot of testosterone every 72 hours, hint, hint, so don't be surprised how often he wants you. All right, here we go. All right, whoever you are, we're going to have you lead the next session on sex and intimacy. I love you. It's good stuff. No, good, good commentary. Thank you for that. Um, good thoughts and reminders. Uh, especially appreciate the thought of intimacy happening outside as well as inside the bedroom. Thanks for making this part of love you. Okay, good. Good comments. Thank you guys. Appreciate that. All right, now we have some questions. They're good. Um, they we, we tried to sort them quick into like dating stuff, and then we're going to move from there. So we have a couple in the dating category. Yeah, the first there were a few questions about dating, like how far is too far before marriage, or what does intimacy look like for a dating couple? How do you avoid? Um, that temptation when you're dating. Um, I know one of the first things that we would say is do not have a long, once you know it's the person that you're going to marry, do not have a long engagement. Um, we wouldn't recommend that. It seems kind of foolish. Um, having like more than a week. <laughs> okay. No, we were engaged for a year and that was too that's, long. That's a very, very good time to start talking about these things too. Um, you know, I mean, there we had a concentrated amount of time where we were together uh, a lot and had a lot more opportunities than we had had at other point. Um, and we had a conversation, and it was just like, okay, we're just going to not talk about do the anything at all during this time. And it was agreed upon, you know, that kind of a thing. Just not letting it ever become the biggest piece of the pie. Your relationship is just built on so many things, and if that becomes the biggest piece of the pie, then you're probably in, in, in trouble. trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not taking anything, don't steal anything um, before before that moment, you know, of when it's all good, because things happen. <laughs> Breakups have happened, and uh, you may think that this is just something that she's the only one. It, it, it isn't always the case. Uh, so don't steal anything that you can't can't get back. That's good. I like to go to Song of Solomon on that stuff. That's a hard question because the Bible doesn't say, right, okay, you can't 
like you can kiss, but you can't French kiss. Okay? I mean, no, it doesn't say that. Okay, I mean, you can hold hands for five seconds, but not 25. I mean, it, okay. It, so what's the principle, okay? And I, and I think I really appreciate in, in Song Solomon, um, this woman who's falling for this guy, basically, is telling the young maidens near her, imagine her kind of as a mentor figure, and what she says is, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. A really broad statement, like don't arouse or awaken love until it so desires. So we go back to that aspects of sex. You have um, desire, excitement, orgasm. Okay, for everybody it's different, but the reality is you know, you know, and what, what she's saying there to these young women who are not yet ready to consummate their love, not yet ready to, to move into physical intimacy, is a... Don't put yourself in a position where that fire is started within you. Like don't arouse or awaken that kind of love that wants to go all the way until it's the right time. And so, how, well, how close can I get to the fire until I get burned? I just want to know, like, when will God be mad at me? And here, here's one thing that, if you want practical stuff, here, here we go, okay? Um, my one prof in seminary uh, would say, and I think I said it from the front before, but he would say to his girls, he had three girls, and whenever they bring a boyfriend home, a boy home, I can imagine how fun this would be. And I kind of like it now. Watch out, girls. But he would say to them, okay, you know, whatever, I forget her name, whatever, Emily, whatever. Okay, Emily, does he know the three nothings, or do you want me to tell him to? No, Dad, he knows them. Okay, well, what are they? Well, the three nothings. Nothing, nothing lying down, nothing below the neck, and nothing comes off. <laughs> and there we go, all right? I mean, that about... You can't really get into a lot of trouble with that. So, now the point is, that's not from God, okay? That's not like God delivered that to him and he delivered that to us and that's what every good Christian should do. No, it, it's a principle. And the point is, the point is, the clearer your boundaries, the healthier relationship early on. So the clearer you're able to talk in a dating relationship with somebody and say, hey, I want to, I want to Hebrews 13, 4, keep the marriage bed pure. I want, I want to save myself well for marriage. And I know that my heart is going to get... I'm ready, I'm ready. It's so, it's so exciting, isn't it, to fall in love with somebody? I mean, it's just everything in life changes as in your whole world wraps around them. And, and God has designed us to want to then consummate that love and just to be with them and get closer and closer and closer and closer to them. And so it's natural. And so the only way to kind of put yourself in a healthy position is to say, what are the boundaries? And let's talk about it before it's like 1230 at night, right? And like we're not thinking straight anymore. Let's just maybe... Put the boundaries in place before that happens. So that's my little two cents. Don't arouse or wake in love. Put the boundaries and have a healthy relationship that way. Um, had several questions on explain more about the love languages and how they affect sex and intimacy between one another. Um, another question was, uh, what if they're completely different? Now, I know you can't imagine this, but Joel and I have completely different love languages. Um, it, where this helped us, <laughs> uh, first of all, I guess the biggest disclaimer about the five love languages for us is that this could be used as a very, very manipulative tool, especially when talking about sex and intimacy. Um, oh, if I do this, then she will, or if I do this, then he will, and that sets up expectations that are just not godly. Um, so that, that's the disclaimer on the love languages for us. Joel's love language is um, words of affirmation. Uh, I could tell him, I love you 15 times a day. He would never get tired of hearing that. Um, he, it, 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 it really, and you can speak more to that. My love language. I just want to be loved. <laughs> <laughs> Over the years, mine has kind of changed. He's, he's ha-ha'd about the gift thing, and that is true, but 
acts of service are mine. Um, those oftentimes are a little um, opposite. Um, <coughs> praise is hard for me to give because that, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you know. I mean, and I still love you, so, you know, you, you just need to know that. Um, for him, it's... Um, he tells me he, he for years and years he would keep, but I love you, I love you, I love you. It doesn't mean anything if you've not done something in my heart. Um, when we read this book, it really changed things because not only did I realize that these aren't empty words to him, he's trying to love me the way he feels love, um, then I, I understood that. And then I also understood that because that does not mean anything to me, I was hurting him at the core of how he was loved, um, because words don't mean anything to me. So we get in an argument, and I can I'm really good with words, and I can spit them out fast, and then I feel good, and we're all you know. But I that, I don't mean it. You know, later he would be crushed because I had said something in anger, or and and, and I would look at him like, but I, I you know I didn't I don't mean it. I was just mad. Um, but at what at the level of complete where he feels everything. I was using it almost against him. Um, and for him, his way of loving me was to say, well, you know, I don't care if the whole house is a mess. You know, let's just let it be. For me, when I now, I mean, he is, he's awesome at this. Um, he knows that I can't concentrate. I can't, I can't function if, if everything's a wreck. So he understands that to the point that that's how I feel loved. He doesn't understand it. It never will, but he, he does. He does. He does those things to make me feel loved and feel secure. So um, those are the kinds of things that, that change things. When he when he is when I walk in the house and he has either made the boys do something or you know or the dishwasher is emptied and I never asked it, then I mean I'm telling you I don't have any trouble submitting in those other areas. <laughs> So, so, but it's important. It's important that you know these things because for years I tried to give this man a gift. He could care less if he ever got a gift for a birthday or Christmas. It does not, that doesn't matter. But if I would write him a card, you know, for me, that's just $5 that he spent that he could have gotten me something I could really use, you know? You know, that's just words. But those are the kinds of things I know that for him, if I give him a card that says exactly what my heart feels for him then that means the world to him. Um, and I will keep it. And he will keep time. it until I can Maybe throw I it out it. because, you know, it's not necessary anymore. Just flutter. So, so, so in a nutshell, just the key is, uh, and I'm, I don't I'm know what I'm doing. I'm close to you, sorry. No, I like you being close. Um, <laughs> um, the, the key is figuring out how your partner um, receives love. Because uh, because there's there's two ways there, there's there's the one way we we give and express love one way but we receive it a different way and so for me to understand that it makes all the the difference in the world to her that you know I I, I do a load of laundry for her, or I fold something and I not, don't just fold it but I put it away as well you know those little things that don't they, they don't cost a whole lot except for time and effort makes makes the world of difference and so. You know, your, your question is about love language. It's about understanding and then act, acting on. It's, it's a whole submission and loving like Christ loved the church. You know, it's, it's, it's not difficult. 
It, 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 really, it really isn't. The difficulty is doing it and being consistent. And then this, this is a, a really good question, how to reduce criticism after it has started. Um, we've all fallen into that where we, we have verbally, let's just say it, we verbally have abused you know, that relationship. We've said horrible things about them as a person. We've said horrible things about the children and the way you've handled them. I mean, that constant criticism, how do, we, how do you come back from that? Um, that that's that's a challenge. That's a tough one, and it that might actually play into some of these as well. Um, what, what I'm looking at over here, how to react to fear during physical intimacy, not exactly the same issue, but I think the result is. is very similar. Um, and had another question, how to deal with expectations when they're not met and when they don't happen, um, which I think is probably in a similar category here. Um, we got another one in the same well, 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 this this is just just ties on the end. Of, here's a question: If your like, love language is completely different, how do you find fulfillment? I would say you find fulfillment in satisfying the other the other person. There's 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 incredible reward that comes, you know, with with loving and understanding and loving uh, the other person. That's the way the way God wired the. The physical touch thing that we talked about over here, yes, there are going to be a vast number of men that are going to say, oh, mine is physical touch. Um, so wives, step into that. Um, you know, there, there are times when you are going to be exhausted. You've got small children. You've got all these hindrances going on. But step into that knowing that you are doing an act of love, an act of service. Um, but the fear part, I think, is where we were going with this one and the criticism. And, and when you have been damaged by a relationship, then that's... That's a, th- that's a tough one. I, a couple of thoughts. I don't, feel free to please, please add to it. But that, that just, my, my gut reaction is, boy, that has to be handled with the kind of warm coat love that you're talking about there. A, the, a, a sorry, just a... Yeah, a, and, and sometimes the, the fear, and sometimes the criticism is spouse to spouse, but other times it's people are hearing voices from the past, mm-hmm. and sometimes their own voices from the past about how they perceive their own body or they perceive their own ability to love well. Um, sometimes it's a second marriage that they're in, um, and there's insecurity related to that, um, and you know fidelity and faithfulness in, in that whole context. So there's fear that comes into play in the bedroom in a lot of different ways, but I guess underneath all that I say that that compassionate, warm coat kind of love is my gut reaction to say, boy, the more of that we can have in that kind of context, the better. You know, the more that we can just yeah, have the little conversations along the way, the better. And, and one of the things that H. Norm Wright writes about is, is this. He says, don't be goal-oriented in your lovemaking. Okay? And I think it's important to bring out at this point that the, the goal, there, he's saying, in other words, don't make this awesome orgasm, the goal of your night. And if we get there, that's great. And if we didn't, man, I'm just a failure. Mm-hmm. If that's it, then we, we're we just using people. And I, I'm just using and abusing the person that, that I happen to sleep with. Okay, and, and that's not healthy or helpful at all. And so the concept of talking to each other and the holistic care and compassion in relationship to each other, dealing with the fear with one another carefully. And I'll also say um, there are times for a third party, there's times for a healthy counseling situation, which is not a problem. I really, 
I respect people who do that well and who say, I, I'm, I'm open to life, I'm open to coaching, I'm open to someone who can help me see, see how to do this better. So I guess I'd say a couple of those things. Don't be goal-oriented. Don't just say, man, we've got to have the best sex in the world. That doesn't help anybody necessarily. Um, that warm coat kind of love and just keep, keep talking. But you guys want to add to... Well, conversation, too, conversation when you're not in the bedroom about this, this topic is really, is very, very important. Um, your mate may not know that you have, have that you're, you're criticizing. I mean, I think that there are obvious times, but how we receive and listen, I mean, that's part of what we've talked about before is really, really critical. And we talked about it last week with the conflict. Um, you know, for you to repeat back what has been said to you, is, is very powerful. You know, this this is what you said, and then this is how I, I heard it. Um, that's that's very powerful. If you are in a loving relationship, that should that should motivate each and every one of us to, to guard our words better. And and then a heartfelt, I am so sorry, which you know Tim really really covered that last week, and Jim covered that last week. I am very very sorry. And how can I change this? Um, maybe you need to give each other signals that says, okay, this is, this is what I was talking about. Okay, you're starting that now, and I just wanted to point it out right at this moment. This is, this is the kind of thing that I feel criticized or, or um, down um, on. So, and, and, and then be willing, <clears throat> be, willing to, to be willing to accept that and hear that and to, in love, okay, in love, step into that with, with an, open, an open heart. That's that intimacy between each other that exists outside of the bedroom. And and when you approach that, and when you approach that over time, that intimacy grows deeper. There is more safety. There is more security. And when there is more safety and there is more security, there is more openness in the bedroom. Period. Every time it will happen that that way. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking to something that we often go over in premarital. I don't think you said tonight where. Um, the one book that we give talks about sex being the barometer of your whole relationship and kind of thinking back to some of those questions about dating like how do you how do you develop intimacy during the dating dating relationship like that's where it starts that's where you learn sex is for marriage it's not like you get married and okay well now we can have sex and now we're going to be intimate and have a great relationship and it's going to be perfect no it starts right away as you're building your friendship your relationship your trust with each other and if you can't do that without sex, it's not like sex is going to solve, solve that or create that, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to say. But you work on, it's a complete picture. You know the person. You love them through the ups and downs. You talk about this stuff when it's hard. It's, it's not a separate, you know, sex is kind of a reflection of how the rest of your relationship is going rather than like a cure or a, a fix it. A fix it, yeah. That's good. That's really Thanks. good. Will you marry me? Yes. <laughs> we just have a couple minutes to, to tail off a couple of these questions. Um, so we have we had two here that I, I just want to take quick. If you guys want to tackle any real quick, quick over there. Um, some issues of the past, I, I covered a little bit, but sexual abuse, harassment in the past, um, and also in reality the world we live in now where the ease of pornography especially is an issue and how do you deal with of the damage of sexual immorality when you're single or dating or married, okay? It's not like all of a sudden once you get married you you stop having temptation, sexual temptations, okay? You're still a living, breathing human being and marriage doesn't really stop that um, reality. So how do you deal with that? 
in the context of your relationship. And that is, again, where I come back. I, I, I just want to address that, but I come back to some of the counsel I just gave related to, to mercy, compassion, and clarity in conversation with each other. The more open and honest you can be, Absolutely. the healthier you can be, going back to the conversations you guys illustrated earlier. Hey, I'm... I'm nervous around this person and what have you, but the, the more open and honest you can be there. Also, um, again, a third party. The more you're able to speak clearly to the third party, the better, um, related to someone you trust to try to work through these. But again, kind of warm coat perspective. Slowly, gradually, don't be goal-oriented. Again, mm -hmm. like, how quickly can I get the orgasm? Okay, it's not just that. Uh, how do I love people well? And I think what you're saying with the third party is definitely that both of you are involved with that third party. Um, in, in counseling, Joel has often said, okay, I'm willing to talk to you, husband, um, on this, but my rule is you can't come to me for accountability if you've not already gone to your wife. That's the rule. Um, so whether you're meeting with somebody, you know, you're not talking to somebody at work about these things. You're, not, you're meeting somebody that is a, is a, is a person that can really... Um, help the situation. Expectations are a really big thing um, that that was listed on several of our cards. Talk about your expectations. Wives, do not expect them to know what's going on in your head. It's not possible no. for them to do that. It's just not. Um, and if your expectations are, are, you know, in his eyes, lower than 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 his are, you need to know that um, because. He taught, he, this is fun. I mean, this is something that you, you know, God gave us as a gift, not as a, as a duty. And, um, and so talk about those expectations. It may open your eyes to, you know, something that you've never thought about. And, oh, okay, you know, that kind of thought process can go up. And if you're not meeting each other's expectations, the only way that you're going to change that is, is talking through it and saying, well, I'm not comfortable with that. I mean, that's there, that, that, that conversation is there, too. So... Um, cannot stress the the communication. There, there are a couple of cards here that that ask the question about how much information do you give your kids uh, as they get into their upper teenage or older years. Um, <clears throat> if you wait till then, I'm, you've waited too long, big time. Uh, what's the best way to tell your children about sex? And then kids are constantly being bombarded in the school about sex at younger ages. What age is the talk needed, or how? I, we we. <laughs> Um, we took um, the, the approach that we, we wanted to be the first ones to talk to our kids about sex before they started hearing it at school. And so we, we were willing to be a little bit nervous about talking to them too early than too late. And so... Um, <laughs> you, you, just same thing. Be communicating with your children. You know, there are ways to find out what they know and what they're hearing. Yeah, and um, they'll tell you. They'll 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 tell you those things. So I t I took the boys. You know, we had a we're going to go out and and uh, kind of a man a man thing, and uh, I I laid it on the line to 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 them in the front seat of our car before we went out to eat steak and, you know, have a man, have a man meal and all that kind of stuff. And we went inside and came back out and had a further conversation. And it was a little awkward, you know, because <laughs> and they're looking at you and, and, and you know, think, thinking things through. But the point is, I wanted to make sure that I was giving them the truth about God's design for sex and how, you know, how this thing works rather than them hear something from some other kind of teacher at, a, at, at school that may not share my biblical worldview. And, 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 and that's called by Bryson because he thought that we had uh, 
failed in our duty to tell Colin. I think he already knows, and y'all need to get on that thing. <laughs> so it was. In uh, it was terrifying. Yeah. He didn't. You know, Colin. He's a little oblivious, but. Uh, but but uh, that that but that that was that was he, he was that earlier. was our approach, and I. I I don't remember how old they were. They were they were they were young, and we have a continuing conversation that goes on every year. It's it's or every when month or up. you know whenever it whenever it comes up. But there's a continued investment in that. It's just like okay, we had the talk. Thank you. That's it. When you get married, we'll talk again. No, it doesn't work that way. And I, and I appreciate. It. I heard Andy Stanley say one time, "We didn't have the talk in our family. We have the talks." <laughs> and I, and I, that, that's good because he he would say with his dad, he had the talk, and and that word is singular. He's like, "We don't want that in our family. We want to have the talks." And what that means now is with kids that you stay up on their Instagram accounts, you stay up on their mm-hmm. Facebook stuff. Absolutely, that it gives you an opportunity to connect and talk and say, "Oh, okay, it's Man Crush Monday, or what is it, Woman Crush Wednesday, or whatever mm-hmm. it is." As if Ask somehow them to that explain validates, it first because you might not understand what that Yeah, is. as if that validates, you know, now we can, you know, have kind of online whatever. Like, okay, let's process that. Let's talk about that. And we have talks mm-hmm. on just the talk. Okay. Um, here, the last one, then we're going to wrap it up because um, Bonnie and Jason Flowers are going crazy back in the back with our kids. All right. Um, anything off the table? Uh, with the media today and being bombarded with different ways of intimacy or having sex, is there anything off the table when you're married? And, and I assume that is a question about is there anything, well, off the table. <laughs> um, I, I guess my first thought on that is how do you honor each other well in the context of your marriage? Um, and, and I think, I don't know the spirit behind this question and I'm not going to try to guess that, but here's what I'd say that that the spirit behind your lovemaking is, how can I love my spouse well in the best way that he or she feels like it? And so, so let's, yes. yes, that that keeps it within, yeah, that keeps it keeps it within us. That's right. Um, so, no, is there anything off the table in terms of how we love our spouse well? No, I mean, not in terms of how you love your spouse well, but in terms of, like, how do I? If the question is coming from the perspective of. I want to get more, and can I can I push the limit? I would just say, hey, let's talk about that within the context of your relationship, and how do you? The focus is how do I love my spouse well, and in that context, and here's here's what H. Norm Wright will say as well. What I really love, you know, have fun, okay, have fun, enjoy one another, and that this is what God has given us the gift of, of physical intimacy, not just for reproduction, which is, yes, that's very important, but but also enjoy each other, but but do that. You know, respectively, uh, respectfully, honorably, and with other focus in mind. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the Hebrews thirteen passage. The marriage bed is undefiled. That's like a four-syllable word. Undefiled. That's good. All right. And if we didn't cover your question, feel free to because there were some that weren't covered that were thrown off the table almost immediately. If you need to know about Jamaica, then we will tell you. (laughs) We'd be glad. Be be, be be prepared. It's about a two-hour thing. Um, Now, the other thing that that you know, with there was a question that was you know about what if if one is is more interested in this at at a time than the other. Um, Go back to the same principles. Are there hindrances in your, you know, that talk about those hindrances? How can I eliminate, you know, the undisciplined kid, you know, uh, hindrance? Um, Put a lock on your door. (laughs) 
but well, um, maybe put a muzzle on your kids now. <laughs> but I mean, if if if, if you haven't talked lately because there's too much, you know, ball games going on in the house, or I mean, look at the hindrance list and see if there's something on there that you can fix. Um, and then you know, the other thing is physically, you you if if it's you know. What you think is too much and what the other one thinks, find out what that means. You know, he may be or she may be asking for more and you don't know what more is. Just communicate um, and, and find out what that, what that need would look like uh, and then, then step into it. Uh, love well. And coming off of love you, that kind of conversation can be a little bit easier than otherwise. It is kind of weird and awkward to even raise a conversation with your spouse sometimes. I remember when Jen and I, and Pastor Fred's not here, he would have get a kick out of this. When we were dating, and I'll stop with the story, I promise yes. you, but this is funny, so you have to hear this. We were dating, we were given cassette tape, remember those things, a cassette tape by someone, and I forget their name, but it was like, hey, listen to this before we have the talk, right, in premarital counseling. So some of you who've gone through the Fred thing probably had the same thing that you listened to. So you may remember this. We're driving in the car, and all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, it's like, whoa. Like a, and, yeah, we're just staring straight ahead like, <laughs> you know, he doesn't even know what to do. And, okay, it's, it's a little better now, but it's still like, woo. <laughs> I think we heard the same take. But it would be fun. It would be fun to do that. Maybe we'll play that some Sunday morning and see what happens. It can be kind of awkward to get into that conversation, but maybe a night like tonight will help you do that and help you in the context of your relationship talk about that. Because, hey, we talk about everything else, right? Like it would be, don't you often say, man, wouldn't it be helpful if you could whatever, you know, here's what's on my agenda. I need help with this. I need help with that. I need help with that. Okay. And the act of physical lovemaking, there's, there's nothing wrong with having the conversation in the context of your relationship with your spouse. And so have the conversation. It won't be that weird as listening to a cassette tape. But in the context of a healthy relationship with your spouse, talk. How can I love you well, physically? And that's a fair question to ask and, and talk about it. Okay. All right. Good stuff. We're going to wrap it up. You got yeah, something around you want to say, Joel? Well, I was, just, I was just going to say, you know, next week, come prepared to talk. Uh, if you want to mention this or, or not, come prepared to, to discuss a one-month uh, plan and a one-year plan, ideas, hopes, and dreams. Maybe maybe uh, the back of this or on, on the, you know, if you didn't fill out a card, we have extras. Uh, write out a couple of, of uh, uh, ideas, goals uh, for, your, for your marriage uh, for the next month the next year and then also uh try the last the last love language you know homework um, of physical touch pats squeezes and so forth as uh as we seek to uh explore um the uh the, and, the, and be free to say okay this is not my my love language so you know bear with me here you know i mean this is this is something you need to talk about good stuff uh, and before you go, don't forget to check underneath your chair for, uh, it, it, that doesn't work. You, you have to actually look. <laughs>